Joe presents Baz and Andrew's House of Rugby, together with Guinness. Hello, and you're very welcome along to a bonus episode of Baz and Andrew's House of Rugby, together with Guinness and here on Joe. Uh, we've got a couple of interviews for you today. Uh, first one we have is Jack O'Toole from Sports Joe. We went along to talk to Ulster and Ireland winger Jacob Stockdale, who's a Maxall ambassador. Uh, so we've got that one for you, and then we're going to go back to the archives and have a classic Trimby interview with Brian O'Driscoll and Tana Umaga. So I hope you enjoy the two of them. Uh, first up, it's Jack O'Toole talking to Jacob Stockdale. I'll probably, I'll probably start with, I was talking to Derek Suffren, um, your school coach, and he was kind of saying that when you came through school, you were like a second rower, then you went to the back rower, and then you went out into the backs and centres one season, and then I think towards the end of school, you just kind of like took off. Like, um, He said there was one summer in particular, you just came back and you were like almost a different player. Like, Can you remember what that summer was? like? Yeah, it was, you know, the difference. It was kind of that summer in between my fifth year and my lower sixth year, um, and yeah, like, like there was a couple of things that happened the rest of the summer, you know, like I got a bit of a growth spurt and, you know, kind of filled out a wee bit, so I was a bit more confident, you know, in my size and, and my ability. And, and yeah, I, I don't know, I just trained, had a real good training kind of uh, pre-season, you know, school pre-season. And, uh, yeah, like, in fairness, you know, soft, you know, put that that confidence in me and, and gave me the opportunity to start for the firsts. And, uh, yeah, all of a sudden I was... Um, yeah, I was playing for the first, and which was quite a strange experience for me because you know it's something that I never really expected, and yeah, it just kind of went on from there. Yeah, you said like once you just you just started like kind of doing what you're doing now. It's sometimes where you might get the ball from like 50, 60 meters out, and you get half back, half a gap, and you're kind of gone. Like, did he? And he said he started to base a lot more plays around you. Like, the, he obviously that kind of confidence kind of gave you the belief to kind of really start pick up and going pretty uh, pretty quickly. Yeah, definitely. You know, he was uh, like. Like stuff, like like I said, you know, he did put an awful lot of confidence in me and an awful lot of belief in me, and 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 yeah, and because of the belief he has put in me, it, it allowed me to be more confident on the pitch, and you know, I kind of went for more things, and more things came off, and and yeah, that like that's the kind of just that, that's how it kind of came about, and yeah, like you know, looking back, you know, if he hadn't have done that, I maybe never would have played, you know, professional rugby, and and yeah, so I kind of had to owe him a lot. Because mm, I suppose, like over the last couple of years, with, with how quickly things have gone for Ulster in Ireland, that everyone's kind of said how quickly, you, how how far you've risen. But I suppose even at school, it kind of happened to you quite quickly as well. Like, were, were Ulster ever in touch, like when you were kind of 15, 16, or was it only in that, like towards the very end of school? Like, when did uh, yeah. when did you first hear from the academy? Um, yeah, no, like it was. Um, I know, not I didn't hear from from Ulster. You know, when I was 15 or 16, yeah. I was playing for the you know the Bs and the three thirds and the fourths and stuff, but. Yeah, it was whenever, uh, you know, my lower sixth year, at the end of that, um, you know, I had a decent Skulls Cup and, uh, and yeah, I was asked to come and play for the Ulster under-18s and, you know, did that, played for, and then the next year played for Irish Irish Skulls and, and that went well and then I was offered an academy contract, you know, um, just after the after the Skulls Cup my upper sixth year, you know, so, uh, yeah, it, it all came in really, really quickly and, you know, in in, in, in those kind of, those days, like, and... Mm. and yeah, it, it just it was it was brilliant. It was really really fun. And how were those first two years in the academy? I think I remember reading that you put on something like maybe 13, 14 kilos. Like, I mean, the <laughs> physical adjustment is obviously is that something that they bred into you, or was that something that you wanted to maybe thinking you're going to step up to the pros, wanting to kind of put on maybe as much size to prepare? Yeah, like I um I was injured for actually a good bit of my like kind of academy uh, career. Um, in my first year, I I had like 
um, groin injury and, and to, like broke my ankle and tore, sorry, tore ligaments in my ankle and, and things like that and, and yeah the S&C staff were kind of just like right let's just see how big we can get you while you're injured so mm. yeah I think I put on I think I went in I went into the academy 94 93 94 kilos which is heavy enough for a schoolboy mm. and uh, I went to that, the world cup that year 107 yeah um, but I was far too heavy and I was far too fat so uh so I trimmed down, so the next year I kind of trimmed down to about 102 and I was kind of sad at that sense because that's where I felt like most comfortable, you know. Yeah, I think Johnny Davis was saying Craig Gilroy did something similar, like I think he put on like 10 kilos and then eventually kind of reverted back like 4 or 5 kilos. To, yeah. It seems everyone kind of like, a, maybe I don't know if it's a winger thing or maybe just people want to put size on it and they eventually kind of find yeah. a happy medium where they're, I think where when, they're good with. I think when you're young and you come out of school you expect, you know, bigger's better and you know, you need to be, like the bigger you are the more tackles you're going to break and a lot of the time it's not, you know, it's about being more powerful and fitter and do you know what I mean like if mm. I can stay at you know if I can like in the middle of a game if I'm at 80% of my max you know fitness um, you know I'm going to be able to do more damage than somebody who's 10 kilos heavier but it's at like 30% of their max fitness you know mm. so uh, yes like I think what I learned from that was just that everybody's different and you know <laughs> that you know being 100 and something kilos might work for you know Nandolo but it's not yeah. going to work for me unfortunately you know so uh, yeah it's just by finding what you know what's best for me yeah east of their own um, I suppose when you did come in like it's pretty loaded backfield with the likes of Payne and, and Charles Pieta and Ludic Bow Trimble like there's a lot of people that were kind of in there and mm-hmm. um, I was talking to Tommy and Andrew and they just said that, that you were kind of like soaking everything up almost like looking for little nuggets or doing maybe sidestepping drills with with Charles or maybe doing some high ball stuff with Tommy Bow. like I mean having that kind of core group of players there really experienced you know Lions players even and um, you must have just been soaking it up as soon as you got in like yeah it was it was, it was I suppose I was quite lucky in the sense that I had those kind of like world-class players to, to learn off you know uh, my first couple of years and it was good in the sense that like each one of them had something different you know Charles was out and out attack you know great feet you know um, you could tell you what he was looking for an attack. You know, Tommy obviously great in the air, Trimby and Jared both great defenders, and you know you just had like this, like literally like a coaching staff. You mm. know, with players there, and and yeah, and you know, I, like I find kind of I learned from a fairly young age that like the way to get better was to learn off these boys, and uh, and you know that's what I, that's what I tried to do. I'm still trying to do that. You know, in, in Ireland camp with Earlsey and. Rob Carney, you know, guys like that, that, you know, you can learn off in, in, in that way. Is it just like positioning stuff? Because like, I can imagine, like, say if you'd only kind of made the transition to wing really in your academy or a days, or maybe even sometimes with Wallace, like, I'm yeah. sure there's still a lot positionally about the position that you were trying to, like, grasp, because especially if you're playing as a forward in your younger years, like, it's a bit of a transition. Yeah, definitely. It was, it was something that, like, I did have to learn pretty quickly, and, you know, it was probably the weakest part of my game for a good while, um, and you know it might still be. Um, but you know it's something that because it was the weakest part of my game, I work. I wanted to work on it as hard as I could, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and turn it in, and turn it into a bit of a strength, which you know I think I'm starting to do. I'm, I'm definitely still not, you know, finished product, not anywhere near it. But you know I'm getting there. Yeah, Trimmy was saying that. Um but the 2017 Ireland tour was a bit, bit of a turning point for you because I suppose you'd been kind of maybe in and out in the Ulster squad, maybe a couple of bench appearances, and then you went on that Irish tour, and then he said like they were all in pre-season, and for like three or four weeks, and he said you came back and you were like fitter and faster, and you were like, and then you pretty much just hit the ground running then from there. Like was, what was about that summer maybe that uh, that USA and Japan tour, or maybe that whole summer that was just maybe a bit of a turning point. Yeah, I think you know, obviously, kind of before that, like I'd been, I'd been on the bench, you know, behind like Trimby and Tommy, and 
you know, that, I think that was a really good experience for me, just to kind of get a taste for professional rugby, but not get thrown in the deep end. Hmm. You know, I think I was quite lucky in that sense. Obviously, he looked, you know, at the time I was real frustrated because I was like, I want to be starting ahead of these boys. But looking back, it was probably a really good thing for me. Um, and then, yeah, going on that Ireland tour, just it just gave me a lot of confidence and and gave me a taste of what you know, kind of the level above Ulster was like. And and I felt like I handled it pretty well. So I was like, yeah, I can go back to Ulster here and 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 you know, work hard and do well and yeah, I just, I, I did a bit of work while I was off and came back in nice and fit and, and felt good and yeah, I don't know, it just kind of went from there I guess. So was there any specifically that you're working on, like either, I don't know, maybe speed or strength, like or was there anything over that summer that you were looking at um, when you said work? I just mainly just keep my fitness up because the year before that I'd, <laughs> I'd come in and I hadn't done any work in my off season and I felt horrendous, like you know, I felt real fat and slow and I could barely, like, after the first day of training, I could barely walk. And I was like, right, I'm <laughs> learning my lessons from that. You know, make sure next time I come in, I'm going to be in decent nick. And I managed to do it, like. Yeah, um, obviously, that from that season on, you have the dream season. And you come in the last summer, but then, uh, I'm sure you had a good summer, but, like, last, you come in with a hamstring injury during mm -hmm. the pre-season, and you yeah. missed the first couple of games. Like, um, did you feel like that was like a disruption because you'd had such a, an incredible year, and you're like, okay, here we back to square one and in, in rehab. Like, um, I'm sure that set you back for a couple of weeks. Uh, part, part, partly, yeah. Um, like, it was frustrating to get that injury because, um, you know, yeah, like you said, I had had such a good season. You know, that that, that season leading up and. Um, and yeah, I felt like I wasn't able to perform at my best in the Australia tour, particularly just because you know I, like, mm. I was carrying this injury in my hamstring and it just didn't feel right. Um, but it's funny actually because like you, it's such a long season and to do a tour after that and then you've got five weeks and you're straight into the start of the season again. Mm. Like I felt, I was felt like I, like I was a wee bit burnt out, you know, mm, and especially just because it was my first season as well. I wasn't used to playing that many games. And just mentally, I felt we were we burnt out. So to be honest, the hamstring injury and mentally probably was quite a good thing for me mm. because you know missing out in a couple of games, you come back in and you're dead hungry. All you want to do is play rugby again, you know. And and that's that's how I felt coming back into it. So I suppose in that sense, it was good. Um, you know, in a physical sense, it was frustrating because you never want to be injured, you know. Yeah, but I suppose there is this natural trepidation where, you're like, I suppose anyone that goes through an injury where you're like, oh, is it going to hold up the entire time? And then you come up against Connacht and you get that try. I think and Caelan goes up for a ball and you, yeah. just, you just kind of come Run in behind. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you were alive for the ball, but still, yeah. like, yeah. you know, like it's uh, But you get the try from there, and I just kind of wondered was that a moment that kind of like. Okay, maybe gets the ball rolling again because I think after that, I think he did like isn't he's only seven tries in seven games. Like he just kind of went right back to that. Yeah, that kind of way you picked off. Yeah, obviously you know you you injured for you're injured for a while and you come back in and you go like, like am I going to be you know like is it going to be exactly the same and and especially because last the season before that was my first season where like I had really nothing to fall back on and be like oh well like you know I've done it all before. Mm. Um, so so yeah, that was tricky for me. So it was, um, but. Uh, but yeah, like you know, yeah. Once once you get back out in the pitch and you know you get the ball in hand, hands for the first time and you score a try, like you just feel like you're straight back in the swing of things and, mm. and you don't really need to worry about it in that sense. Are you looking more like for those aerial challenges, like because I, I think you might have called that one, but I noticed as well. 
Rassing, he got a crossfield kick try. I think Scarlett's, he got a, a chip and chase or someone. It was a nice little chip through that yeah. you kind of got on the end of. Like, is that is that you calling for it off? Maybe if it's Johnny or Billy, or like, is that something that you'd be kind of maybe looking to more attack? Is the yeah in the all, air? Um, it like as a winger, I think all wingers are always looking for that. You know, and especially if you feel like you're dominant in the air against your opposite man, you're going to call for it. Um, it's tricky on the left wing because. Tens are all generally right-footed, and they don't want to kick across themselves, mm-hmm. you know, because it gives defenders more time to charge them down. Of course. Um, the fortunate thing about Billy is that Billy's a very natural kind of footballer-style kicker, so he can just drop the ball on his foot ridiculously quickly and hit it, which is is class, mm. you know, because then on both wings you're getting these, you know, kick plays and you're scoring off them, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, like Johnny would be a bit more like deliberate in his kicking, so you like generally you tend not to get. You know, crossfields and, and kicks on onto the left wing, which is you know understandable. Um, so yeah, it's uh, it's 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 interesting, like just because of the style of Billy, the style in which Billy kicks the ball meant that like I was getting more opportunities to get on the end of the kicks. Yeah, but is that something that you just kind of like having to read off him, or are you is are you like actively calling it? Like, is he hearing you when you're kind of making calls, or are you just kind of uh, responding bit, to him? Like? Bit of both. Bit of okay. both. You know, sometimes you're going like, I'm on here, hit me the ball. Sometimes mm-hmm. you know. You just kind of look at each other and, and you know, and you realise what he's about to do and you just chase it, you know. So, yeah. Uh, it's, yeah it's nice. The other the other type of try you've been scoring is um, been a couple. Like I know you've got like a couple against like Scotland and Argentina, which are kind of like offset plays. But against like the Scarlets, um, I suppose even the Leinster one. I know you didn't finish it, but the Italy one as well. It's like you get the ball on like the left wing and you're in that kind of like little five meter train track channel. And it's like if you if you kind of make one person miss or you get one fend. It's like you're going to the races. Like um, you've been scoring like a bit of these tries. Like, is it is that all you're kind of looking for when you're when you're that friend out? Like, if I can just get on the outside of someone here, there's a good chance I might be able to go um, go all the way. Yeah, jeez, was getting killed up there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, murder she wrote upstairs. Yeah, jeez, yeah. Geez, yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's like a, it's like whenever you're a winger, like you get the ball, like all you're trying to do is score. Like, do you know what I mean? It's like as long as you can get. The ball in your hands and get an opportunity to get to the line like that's all you can ask for and yeah like once you beat that first defender it makes it a lot easier because you're you're then for the next defender you're already rolling like you know yeah, yeah, yeah. um but uh yeah like it's not really something that i've pl- tried to plan to do it's just right you just you know whenever you get the ball you want to beat as many defenders as you can and try and score and yeah that's the kind of what I'm trying to do there. Yeah, of course. Um, I think one of the other things you were saying was with, like, even it was last November was, like, doing some work with Andy Farrell, like, even from the start of a November series to the end, you felt like you'd, like, immediately improve. Like, when you're working with guys like Faz and Smith, is, is like, I mean, they're such high-level coaches. Is, is that almost like every time you go to an Ireland camp, you feel like there's little kind of twink, twink, twinges or tweaks to your game that is, you're noticing that are improving over three or four weeks? Yeah, definitely. You know, they just make you think about about things that you wouldn't normally think about, you know, in in your province, and and like and that's nothing on you know, uh, like Jared Jared or Dan McFarland, you know, because basically they have to prepare for a, a new game every single week, and and they can't focus on tiny details. Whereas you know, Joe and Faz like are, you know, they're focusing on you know, let's say three games for you know six months, and mm. and they they have every single detail, you know down to a T about what they want from their players and um, you know so they're able to to kind of communicate that to you and, and show you exactly what they want and what they're thinking about and yeah it does I think it definitely makes you a better player. Mm, with Dan and Jared like I suppose at the start of last or 
maybe the start before that last season. There's a bit of confusion over Dan, like when when's he gonna be here? Is mm-hmm. he gonna be here in January or like what's what's happening with the situation? But he comes in. I know it probably made didn't end the way you wanted at Glasgow, but you make a you make a Champions Cup quarterfinal, you're in the semi-finals of the Pro 14. Like for a first season, you must be happy with it overall, I suppose. Yeah, like it, like you said, it's it's not the way you want to finish it off. Like it is a bit. It was a bit of a disappointing way to finish, but at the same time, it was. Um, yeah, like nobody expected us to do what we did, um, and it was great experience for younger lads. You know, you look at you know your Michael Lawries, your Eric O'Sullivan's, your Robert Balakins. You know, those are guys that had never, that hadn't even played for Ulster last season, mm. and um, you know this season they've had a full season of rugby, and have played in three playoff games. You know, and that's like, like as a as a rugby player, like that's invaluable to get playing those big games. And you know, even for guys like like myself, that was my first the first knockout. Game I've played for for Ulster, you mm. know, and uh, you know to be able to do that and um, and get the opportunity to do that is great experience. And obviously moving forward, you know you want a squad of guys that have played in in a handful of knockout games, and that and like that's how you win, you know, semi-finals and finals, mm. you know, not just quarterfinals. It is it is a young group though, which really gives you a promise. Like I know Bestie's thirty-six or whatever, but I think yeah. after that it's like I think it's Hendy and Jordy Murphy maybe at yeah. twenty-seven, twenty-eight. Like exactly, yeah. It which is a pretty young group, which gives you promise. You can think for for the next couple of seasons if you keep people together. Like yeah, it's great. You know, we've kind of got us that spine, general spine of a team now, where you know you're looking at guys and you're going right. These are going to be guys that are going to be playing for the next five or six years. Um, and then obviously, you know, I think we've made good signings for next season. You know, Jack McGrath coming in, he's a lion. You know, mm. really high quality player and. Uh, you know Sam Carter from from the Brumbies, like again another brilliant player, brings a good bit of experience with him. So yeah, I think you know we've got that spine of the team now, and we're getting it bolstered up by by a couple of good signings. Mm. The World Cup, I mean, I'm sure this is something you've been watching since a kid, like, um, and there's probably a good chance you're going to be going uh, to Japan later in the year. Like, it's it's how are you kind of feeling that it's this tournament you've been watching for years is kind of finally. Upon you. Yeah, it's awesome. You know, just to think that I might have an opportunity to get to play in it would be really, really cool. And yeah, I've, I've loved watching it since I was a kid. So um, yeah, like if I'm there, happy days. If I'm not, I'll be pretty disappointed. But uh, yeah, we'll see. Cool. Cheers. You're listening to Baz and Andrew's House of Rugby on Joe, together with Guinness. Okay, great stuff. That was Jack O'Toole from Sports Joe there talking to Jacob Stockdale. Hopefully, he has a good summer off and comes back in great form for the 2019 World Cup. We're going back now to Trimby's first ever solo interview that he did with Brian O'Driscoll and Tana Umaga when they were reunited in Dublin ahead of the Ireland All Blacks game uh, to kind of put their fuse to one side and kind of show everybody that uh, they were friends again. So Trimby met up with the two of them. I hope you enjoy some of this interview. It was done, uh, as I said, before Ireland beat the All Blacks at the Aviva Stadium. And there's a little bit of talk here. We start off with uh, talking about Joe Schmidt's future, which we all know now that he's going to be stepping down from Ireland. So uh, Brian was talking about that to Trimby and it's an interesting listen. Hope you enjoy. And I really don't know. I really don't know. I met him a few weeks ago, and he certainly wasn't giving anything away. I think from he met you for an autograph, didn't he? He did. He did. Yeah, he did. That's all. That's the only reason he actually wants to talk to me anymore is because he's he's told some dinner lady somewhere that um, he'll no problem getting an autograph signed. You thought he was going to ask you for advice? Yeah, it was like, listen, I want you to come in and coach the backs, <laughs> but because I've run out of ideas. Yeah. But now it's um, it's kind of a nice bit of chit chat at the start. Yeah. And then um, I, it's all—it's the inevitable. Uh-huh. It's like wait for, like it, wait for it, wait for it, wait for it. I was like, when you're saying goodbye, it's like maybe 
it was just a chat and then like because you don't see him walk in with any program uh-huh. or anything uh-huh. so he hides it somewhere and oh. then he whips it out and it's like oh mate you wouldn't you wouldn't see that and i was like of course no problem and i've already got i bring a sharpie with me because i know yeah. i'm going to be yeah. i'm going to be doing it so so um he certainly he wasn't giving anything away then but um i, I the, the feeling here is and, and we've talked a lot you know today and, and understanding the new zealand psyche as well the expectation in new zealand is to win you know, you know, it's not like oh, we hope to win the World Cup. So like you, you, you win the World Cup, uh-huh. and you win the rugby championship every year, and one of the super teams should win um, Super Rugby. Um, whereas with Joe, when you go, you know, you go into that environment, there's not that much backslapping. There's there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of downside, and not you know, there's a good upside, but there's not the same upside that there is here. You know, he wins a World Cup, gets to a World Cup semi-final, maybe yeah. even gets to a World Cup, <clears throat> sorry, a final or, or a semi-final, he's still hailed a hero because he's the first coach to have ever done it. He's Sergio at that stage, isn't he? Yeah, he is. He is. And he's, um, he's, he's, he's revered in this country as well yeah. from what he's done with Leinster and now substituting you know, with Ireland two championships and a Grand Slam. He's brought two Champions Cups um, to, to Leinster. So, like he can do no wrong and yet the team continually gets better he's beaten the all blacks for the first time ever so why would you leave that you were there i was there yeah well done yeah. I, you did you did, you did a serious defensive game that day sorry you were good in attack too but particularly good in defense <laughs> all right fine <laughs> Jeez, just take the compliment why see the downside to that everything everything's a slag that's nice to to have been part of that yeah it yeah. certainly was. Yeah, yeah. Were you in Chicago by any chance? I was there, yeah. Oh, yeah. I was on a, I was on a jolly. On a jolly? Yeah, yeah. It was, yeah. A, it was the first game that I'd been to as a fan. Yeah. I'd, I'd been to some Ireland games in a working capacity, but the first one that I'd gone to. So we kind of just built a, a lads weekend around Brilliant. that. So yeah. it was it was class. It was a great week, wasn't it? It was a class week because the Cubs won the, the World Series as well yeah. for the first time in like 60 years or something. So we saw the parade and everything yeah. that went with that. And yeah. then the win, which... I think we were really we'd been hoping for a, a big performance in the Aviva two weeks later. So yeah. to get it then was was yeah. a real added bonus. We the two weeks later, uh, whenever we played them back, it was in then obviously yeah. there was a lot of history about Chicago and everything moving forward and just we were. It was only two around. weeks history. It wasn't a lot of history. <laughs> <laughs> there was 111 years of history <laughs> and two weeks. Okay, yeah. Uh, and then we came back and there was something about the way the All Blacks were getting on. There was an intensity. There was a, like they were raging. I, they, we were properly underneath their skin, and it was that moment I kind of thought, "We're Ireland are really on New Zealand's radar, and this is something we've never experienced before. We've like we've got them angry." And uh, I remember Israel Dye going mental, like screaming in our faces when they scored. Victor took um, Zebo's head off at one stage. I was going, "These boys are up for it," and in a way. What a, what a compliment. Mm. The All Blacks, actually, we, we register on the radar. We're, we're competing with the All Blacks. We got beat. <laughs> it, was, <laughs> it was business as usual. <laughs> but, but still, we were going, wow. Is that, is that something that's, that, that's felt in New Zealand? Oh, um, definitely. I, I think, you know, we talked about respect a lot. Um, and, you know, again, we always say we respect our opposition, yet when you defeat the All Blacks, so that, that does get under your skin because you realise <laughs> everything back home's got under your skin as well because obviously you're losing as an All Blacks, not a great thing. And uh, it, it's, 
the expectation is that you win all the time and they're just at you. Um, the public, you know, and, and media and things get in behind you and it's like it's the end of the world. And, yeah. um, and so they, they realise, oh, we've got to get our stuff together to you yep. know, make sure that you know we can right some wrongs and all this kind of stuff yet you don't want to be feeling like that you know and uh and uh you know there's a history thing behind it as well so it does make you focus a lot more you know this is great that you saying it becomes really intense because it becomes intense at training mm. you know everything lifts another notch from yeah. from day one um you know demanding of each other you know that's that's a big thing within you know the all black camp is are you doing everything you can to make sure you're ready for it? Because you can't, you can't be left wanting. You know, you can't go down and go to the movies. Or are you focused? Are you focused? Mm. Yeah, that's what that does. That's what losing does. Um, and even more so to an All Black, that's the extent of it. Mm. Um, because you realise what's going to come at us if this, this happens again, and we don't want that. So, like you say, it's, it does raise the intensity levels. You know, throughout the whole week and the expectation on us on on, on the players themselves about letting that down it's it's um you know it's probably a great motivator but sometimes it, it does kind of hinder you sometimes yeah there's there's a, the the all black brand i suppose is you know respect humility yeah. hard working all this kind of stuff obviously a lot of talent all that kind of stuff and then you just build on that and, and you just add this competitiveness mm. and they've been obviously always had that with uh, bledisloe cup australia in the past england in the past like the traditional competitors but now now we've got it with Ireland and mm. just having that level of intensity is just so, so nice to almost share that with the All Blacks. Oh, um, hey, we're glad we can share it. You know? <coughs> yeah, it's yeah. a great thing we're sharing. Uh... Thanks for having us. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're here for the long haul. By the way. Yeah. Well, that's right. And keep but, us in a job. <laughs> but also I think it just raises you know, that awareness of what it takes. You know, yeah. um, I think with everything, um, with what... Uh, uh, the players are, are delivering now and obviously with the coaching staff as we've talked about you know that intensity from 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 an outside and what I can sense and what I've heard about Joe what he brings to training you know talking to some of the players you know you, you don't want to stuff it up because it's, oh, it's, 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 it's unpleasant <laughs> time do you remember uh, one of my first encounters I was, I was just, I'm glad you brought it up I was just about to oh god yeah I don't know because I don't know if you and Joe would have hit it off not right brilliantly at the start, at the start yeah but a bit of this, boom. Best friends by the end. Yeah, yeah, okay. Well, certainly on my part, anyway. <laughs> okay. I don't know if he talked as glowingly about the relationship. <laughs> That's fair enough. Fair enough. But yeah, it was. I remember that 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 five-person drill and you know the sequence pass. You not remember that one? Oh, and, I'm actually thinking of another one. Oh right, okay. Yeah, but I remember seeing panic of not really understanding because yeah. he's not brilliant. He'll explain something once, you get it immediately. Yeah. And like new lads coming into drills are like, hmm. Oh, sorry, what was that? And then, so you have a second to yep. um, to actually get what the drill is and to work it out. Um, but I think my recollection of you was it, it took you longer than a second. Trims is quite sharp, but not on this particular drill. But not sharp enough. No. And um, yeah, <laughs> you're you're berated uh, with the Python. It's seeing the flummoxed look yes. is is quite entertaining. Which then I went on to see in a lot of other young yeah, fellows yeah, coming yeah. through and thought. Yeah. Well, I've been there, and look where I am now. What was your mind that you remember? Um, we were debating, which obviously is a bad way to start, with Joe, oh, yeah. what, my, my, what my line should be. <laughs> oh, Do you remember this one? <coughs> yeah. No, any level of debating, unless you are locked and loaded. Yeah, and I wasn't. Yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> and I said, well, what about this? <laughs> and he said, no, no. And then stupidly, I said, well, could it not 
whatever it was. And, uh, and he said, um, well, I disagree completely. And it was conversation over. And then I went, OK, right, well, he hates me. <laughs> OK, kid, and he hated me. Now Joe hates me, right? So, uh, right, right. And then after the session, you said to me, obviously, you know him well. And you said, see, uh, that um, conversation you were having with Joe there, um, don't do that. <laughs> you know what's good for you? Don't ever do that. And I never did it again. It's, um, and it, the that best sounds, advice anyone ever gave that me. Sounds like, you're welcome. <laughs> that sounds like it's, it's a major negative, but because the great thing is it's not, he doesn't reserve it for new players or for particular individuals. It's for everyone. Where if you want to challenge something, you really have to know because he's such a clear philosophy as to how he wants things done. And, mm -hmm. and he's been proven right so, mm. so often that it's hard to argue that. So if you do come with a challenge of some sort, it would want to be a very, very good one Absolutely. or something that yeah. kind of has caught him in some way. It's like that he's that teacher in school that asks a question and you know the, the pupil gives an answer and it's not really where close to where what he was thinking and he's not the teacher that goes, yeah, I really like that one, really like it, but anyone else? <laughs> he goes, no, I'm not to somebody else. No, it's, it's like, very bang, clear. it's cut yeah. and dry, yeah. There's no grey area. No, no, and that's, I think that's... <clears throat> Everybody else is clear. Uh, every other player in the room knows don't ask that question or don't give that stupid answer. Mm. And if you're going to come with something, you best have researched it because he'll have researched mm. it. But anyway, fellas, we've run out of time. That's it. Yeah. I think it's gone well. I think it's gone very well. Brilliant. I think you've put Baz and Andrew's House of Rugby on the map in Auckland and Northern Ireland. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks a lot, Excellent. fellas. You were listening to Baz and Andrew's House of Rugby on Joe, together with Guinness. Drink responsibly. Visit drinkaware.ie for the facts.